Hi there, welcome to Article 23. This is your podcast all about work. I'm James Hancock, joining in from Philadelphia, USA on a nice Tuesday evening. And I'm joined this morning in Sydney by Suzanne Gavilovic. Yeah, I can never say it. I can never say it. I can never- I can never say it, but we might keep going. Suzanne Gavrilovic, thank you for joining us this morning. You did it. You did it, James. <laughs> I got it. Second time lucky. <laughs> Glad but, to be here. Uh, thank you. And really excited to talk about this topic. You uh, raised this one this week, and I thought it was an absolute belter. It's one of the original debates, the way that I look at this in people and culture, in organizational design, in everything about work. It's sort of like um, the HR equivalent uh, in talent of the chicken and the egg debate. It's like, which one came first and which one's most important? Um, It's the age-old debate about generalists, and I'm going to say versus, but generalists versus specialists. It's a good one, isn't it? It is a good one. Um, (laughs) And it is an age-old debate. And, you know, thinking for people who are new to their career, um, and thinking about which way they want to develop, it's uh, it's good to think it through and to talk about what the pros and the cons are. Absolutely. Um, and you, mm, sorry, yeah. we we recently uh, uh, the the reason I brought it up, I recently read this article um, which was uh, on Smart Company, which was reviewing the book by David Epstein, and it's called mm. Range. And he mm. argues that successful people have experience across a really broad range of diverse areas. Mm, yeah. And I thought, you know, compare that to the premise in Gladwell's book, which is that to become an expert, you need 10,000 hours. And that's whether um, at, at your craft, whether that's at sport or playing a musical instrument or the field that you work in. So yeah. <laughs> it's a it's very a good, interesting debate. Yeah, it's a good contrast, isn't it? And I think we're going to try and like it would have been we could have played a uh, you know, the affirmative debating side and like the old high school debating team on it. But I think two really good reference points you've shared, one on being super generalized, one on being quite specialized. And there's sort of a hybrid model that um, still gets referred to like the T model, which is, you know, where you're sitting across on the T, good level, bit of knowledge about everything. And then you, but you do have that kind of deep specialization. And here, here at while we've thought about that for a long time and how that might Im- impact uh, implicate um, the HR profession. Maybe we, you know, the business partner model and the center of excellence model is not quite right. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we do all need to have a little bit of both of those things. And maybe we need business partners where Suzanne's a great business partner, but is a deep REM specialist. James is a business partner, but more about organizational design. And maybe that works together to keep keep balancing. But we, we won't do the old school debate. We will go into a bit of the pros and cons uh, of each of these and we'll, we'll see where we end up and we'll try and leave uh, our avid listeners with, <laughs> with a few <laughs> insights and ideas on what to do. Sure. So why don't, why don't we start with specialists? Uh, talk to us about special, specialists, specialization, and let's go from there. Yeah, so when you decide to specialise in a particular field, it means you're really committed to developing your expertise and knowledge deeply. Um, and then you can be relied on to provide that expertise to others. And that's the concept of experts. And we definitely need to be able to call on experts from time to time. So we don't want to see this pool of people diminish. But when you're you're thinking about um, organisational culture, uh, these people are mission critical. You know, they they play roles in solving problems and a source of that deep knowledge. 
And uh, but I've heard um, I've heard in talent conversations, you know, yeah. uh, sometimes specialists getting sidelined in terms of uh, promotion because they're not general people managers. So I yeah. think that's something that you need to keep in mind as well when you're developing your skills. Yeah, I think I've seen the same thing. It's literally including in our talent models and approaches historically, people are put, I won't even name the box or yep. the model, but yep. people are people that are deep specialists are often put in the deep specialist box. That's right. Uh, which which can be really limiting for them personally, for the organization. There's always a a risk reward sort of element to that. Mm. Um, uh, but what are the pros of being a specialist? I'm trying not to argue because I've got a, a view on this, <laughs> on which one's the winner already. But okay. um, what are some of the pros? You give one, I'll give one, and we'll, we'll see how we go. <laughs> All right. So obviously you, you learn a lot about a topic and you become known as an expert. So there's a certain yeah. amount of prestige associated with that, right? Great pro. I reckon uh, another pro is that you can be called on by others to provide that expertise. And like you said, that's uh, some people love that, um, yep. love being known as the go-to person and there's nothing wrong with that. It's a good thing. Yep. You know, there's a continual learning uh, piece involved in that. So you're yep. continually learning in your specialization and, and getting better at it. Yeah, that, I think that deep sort of uh, capability brings confidence in the space that they're in. Uh, they're not mm -hmm. flying by the seat of their pants like a generalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. And, and they can create momentum for others. So knowing uh, that the organisation's got this and you know, it's a bit of a, an enabler for the organisation. Yeah, love it. And I think that a great specialist is always going to look really closely in their area about what competitors are doing. They're going to have great sort of market and client and um, peer and best practice uh, sort of insights, which is which is always really helpful to know if there's someone to go to for that. Absolutely. So what about some of the cons, James? Well, I feel like if I jump too hard into this, you might know which side of the fence that I fall <laughs> on, on the whole debate, but... Potentially, not saying which side, uh, a con would be that their focus could become a bit narrow. Um, they've got the blinkers on a little bit. They're not looking outside as to what's going on, potentially. <laughs> what else? And for the organisation, you know, you can get a bubble of key person risk or function risk if you're too reliant on one individual in, in a space. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what I've seen in the past, and I'm sure, you know, uh, it can happen, is that a specialisation... Um, particularly if you're creating something like a, a process or um, a function or an idea means that you're quite vested in that. Um, you mm. have got an interest in it. That's not a bad thing. It, there's a, there's a pride and a confidence in that, as we said, but um, uh, we, we want people to be thinking about what it, whatever they're in, um, you know, the system, the whole, the, the sum of the part, you know, bigger than some of the parts. Um, I think that's where innovation progression and stuff can come through. Sure. And we already touched on the leadership conundrum, you know, yeah. Uh, us are the best specialists also good leaders? Oh, that's a whole other podcast topic. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It that's is. a big one. That's a big one. Okay, we'll, we'll go. And so it's that's a lot about perception as well, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. That's a good pros and cons on specialists. Yeah. What about yeah. generalists? Okay, so if you're thinking about some of the pros on being a generalist, you're developing a broad range of experience. And you can dip in and use experts when needed, when things might get out of your depth. So you can um, draw on those people and, and learn things on the spot when you need to. 
Yep. Yep. Love it. So that's good. Generalists are good too. And <laughs> what are the, what are, what are some of the pros? <laughs> so understanding uh, product lines, businesses, relationships, interconnectedness. So that's, you know, that broader context that you were talking about. So it's yep. having a bigger picture view about uh, how things fit together, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a great sum summary of that. It's hard for me to add much more to that one. What about yeah. the cons? So, you know, the old saying, Jack or Jill of all trades and master of none. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's a very um, funny TV show called Master of None too. If people haven't watched that, love it. Very funny. <laughs> <laughs> so yep. um, another thing is, you know, people having itchy feet. So flitting from one thing to another, um, that can be a, a perception that somebody is not seen as being invested in any one particular thing. Um, yeah. yeah, that's a good call out. And I think um, there's there's a con, it, it seems it's a, a pro or a con. Mm. Uh, one is that um, people might actually be thinking about generalists and flicking the switches being people earlier in their career, but I've seen this happen at all stages, life cycles, um, you know, life points with people. Mm. So I think that's important to call out. The other one is that um, these sort of generalist people might always be getting pulled to the next thing and not finishing stuff. Basically, they're like moving on. Yeah. Um, where a deep specialist will really want to make sure they get the detail right and things like that. So could could be a con, could be a good thing, but you've got to kind of work it right, I think, mm. uh, between the two here. So this is good. So mm, I don't know which one. I haven't decided yet. It's not been <laughs> it's been an important, not the fiercest debate. So this is good. Um, <laughs> What, what does it mean for an individual? If I'm tuning in, listening to Article 23, uh, what should I do with that info? So you need to think about where you're at. Are you at the start of your career? Are you um, in the middle? Are you at the latter stage? What other context do you have? New to role, new to team? Um, yep. What's going on around you? What does your experience look like now? And, yep. and you know, I, and you also need to think about where you um, operate best at what in what space so you want to um, you know you want to play to your strengths so if you're one of those people who has a great big picture view then maybe that generalist view is the better way to go if you yeah. are um, deep into the detail and deep into spreadsheets and that's where you find your zen uh, space and <laughs> maybe that's where you should be focusing but you know it also depends on your ambition and what you actually want to be doing yeah i think that's a great call out and the one that i uh when we were thinking about this topic a little earlier i was sort of scribbling down a bit of a pie chart very very bad chart a specialist yes. in analytics would say bad chart right but uh, a generalist says uh, look at how well, you, wherever you're at, whether you're in year one or year, you know, year forty, both good. Um, where have you spent your time and effort? Do a bit of a percentage breakdown, just specialist, generalist, see where it's at, see if it surprises you, uh, find find out what's next. But I did it, and and I landed on one side, I think. But I right, right. <laughs> the right side, no, <laughs> the right side. They're both really important. And what about? So that's the individual. What about what it means for people, culture, and the organization? I, I was sort of thinking about this one as well as, as we were together. I think there's really big uh, implications on career pathways here. We've been looking at that um, that work with some of our clients too. Mm -hmm. um, 
looking at actual data on career pathways, challenging assumptions. You know, we, we want to hire diverse people from d- diverse pools of experience, but sometimes we go um, a little narrower than we think. Um, are we actually thinking about it with this simple lens? Like what's general, what generalist, what's specialized? Um, can you bring something like domain expertise or functional expertise or an industry expertise? And then how can that play together? In, in any industry, I think that that's important, but mm. it requires quite deliberate thinking on that. Um, there's going to be things to offset those pros and cons and how those people will work together, how they can swap over, how they can flick through. Absolutely. On, ta- on talent? Yep. I think that's an important one too. Um, uh, you know, as we alluded to earlier in some of the approaches we've had for uh, diagnosing, calibrating talent, um, we've made them a bit too complex, basically. We have. Uh, you know, we've looked at, you know, separating out specialists and generalists opposed to looking at talent as a whole, whole picture that needs to work together with that uniqueness um, and haven't, probably haven't focused on all the right things like capability and potential. What have people demonstrated and actually done? And then what, what potential do they bring and how does that come together? Um, I think movement is, is important. So I think we should always be moving people with guardrails, assuming they want to go do something. But, um, they can follow these, these paths and things like that. And, and you know, even a move, even if it's not a move to somewhere where you're going to stay for a long period of time, a stint in a particular space, whether it's a specialist space when you're not really a specialist or vice yeah. versa, um, can open your eyes and help you understand someone else's experience. So um, it's always a good thing. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think that has flow on to performance, potential growth. You know, it, there's nothing wrong with growing a deeper specialist skill base. There's nothing wrong with growing a generalist sort of thinking. Um, you've got to value both, of course, in any system. Uh, probably, and I've seen this happen a lot, there's different reward and recognition pathways here. If I said, I'm, you know, to a, to a great specialist, I'm going to promote you out of that specialization to now go and lead a bunch of people doing something else where you don't get to use your specialist skill set. That yeah. can be the most debilitating, painful conversation and sort of wrong talent move. I've, I've, we've thought about it. We've, and we've can done, instill you know, terror. <laughs> it, can, it can instill terror and you go, was that right? But it's understanding those conversations, thinking it through, talking to people, of course, yeah. and, and all the rest. I think what we've noticed with our team here at Moi and everyone is that um, we, we really have a mixture of this and quite deliberately, I think, and that everyone has done stints in HR, out of HR, et cetera, you know, in specializations, in generalist capacities. I think it's really important to have that mix and sort of constantly evolve it. Yep. So, so to land it, I reckon there's three takeaways. Yep. <laughs> I reckon it's worth a moment to self-reflect the craziness of last year, the sort of optimism and positivity we're at least starting to get here in the US. And, yep. and it seems that way back home is where you're at what time uh, have you spent between specialist and generalist? And ugh, I can't speak specialist <laughs> and generalist. And how does it sit with you? Yes. And the second one? The reality check. So we need both, obviously, to be able <laughs> to run a business. Um, yeah. But it's important not to uh, compartmentalize yourself into one or the other because uh, yeah. we inherently need both. Um, but just as we need people who want to move to different things, we also need people who want to develop those deep skills. And, you know, the, the ultimate is when 
those people find themselves in a team working together and collaborating and that's what it's all about. I totally do. I love that. And I think the last one for sort of people and culture and organizational leaders is knowing what this mix is. What are generalists and specialists? Are you being deliberate about it? How do they move and interact with each other? Like you said, yeah. um, how are you looking to mobilize them? Do you know what people want? And then how are you putting it all together in this sort of hybrid way of working that we're uh, have been in, will continue to be in, in whatever shape or form. Um, what possibilities and opportunities does it bring? I actually think it's exciting looking across this. Really? Uh, and yeah, great, great chatting to you on it, Suzanne. Thank you so much. Thanks, James. It's always a pleasure. Sorry, I can't say specialist, generalist or Gavrilovich very well. <laughs> <laughs> big moi from us. A big moi from us. 